This is Jay Allen Smith, and you're listening to Outdoor Adventures with Jason Sacco. Welcome to Outdoor Adventures with Jason. Each week, I bring the world of hunting, fishing, and conservation to you. From the great hunting and fishing opportunities found in the Americas to the dream safaris located on the dark continent beyond. I'll introduce you to those who are already out in the field living every outdoor enthusiast's dream, as well as outfitters and gear manufacturers that can make those dreams your reality. Buck Fever Synthetics, the premier attractant company, making not only the finest whitetail synthetic attractants, but also scents for elk, moose, bear, and hog hunters. Use with Buck Fever's Vanishing Hunter to reduce your scent and see the difference. Put out Buck Fever year-round to have the animals coming in. It crystallizes in dry soil and reactivates with moisture, and it never spoils. It simply works. Go to BuckFeverUSA.com to see the full line of Buck Fever Synthetics. Make bucks hunt you. Proudly made in America. Racks, offering the coolest bow hanger on the market. Display your bow with pride in your house, your garage, or anywhere you'd like. We carry most major brands while also offering a custom service if you have an idea or logo of your own that you'd like made into a hanger. Use them to display your traditional bow, compound bow, or even your crossbow. They also work great for hanging your hunting gear, your bags, or hats. Not to mention the design just looks plain awesome all by themselves. A Rax hanger makes for a great gift for that special hunter in your life. Go to RaxInc.com to see some of the available designs or contact us to discuss the custom hanger of your own. For listeners of the Outdoor Adventures with Jason podcast, use the promo code PODCAST and get 15% off your first order. Rax, show off your passion. Welcome to this episode of Outdoor Adventures with Jason. This is going to be a great episode because as we record this, it is March 7th, 2019, and we're starting to head into the springtime, which is not only turkey season, but also bear season in many, many parts of the country. And I've got today Douglas Bowes on the line, and Douglas is father, husband, writer, and author a book called Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting. And this covers from East Coast hunting to West Coast hunting of black bears minus hounds, just because that's a whole different type of topic. So we've got Douglas on, and Douglas, welcome to the show today. Thank you, Jason. It's, uh, it's good to be here. I'm glad to finally get to speak with you. Tell me a little bit, as you were growing up, did you always hunt? Was that part of your family's legacy that you had always been in the outdoors? I started fishing and hunting when I was fairly young. Fishing, you know, you can do when you're when you're old enough to hold on to a pole. And so I would ride my bike down to Sunday Lake, which is a, a local lake, and fish off a dock. And the hunting-wise, I didn't get started until about the age of 12 when I passed my hunter's education. And then I would go out uh, blacktail deer hunting with my grandpa and my dad and my older brother. I never had a lot of success the first couple of years. You know, my boots were too big. They were hand-me-downs from my brother. and I was wearing cotton Levi's and in the middle of the Pacific Northwest during October. Those aren't the best pants to be wearing. So we'd tromp around in, in clear cuts and get soaked and wet and miserable and then, you know, head back to the truck and heat up some stew. It was, it was more of a family camaraderie than it was successful hunting. But later on in life, I did find success. So I've, I've been hunting big games since I was 12. I'm 43 now. And so that's kind of how I got started. It just kind of progressed as, as years went on. So you start off like many of us do, whether it be white-tailed deer or in your case, out in the Washington area, black-tailed deer. And you have access to mule deer out there as well? 
Yes, Washington, you can kind of think of Washington State as split into two areas, divided by the Cascade Mountains. And on the west side of those mountains are blacktail, and then on the east side of those mountains are mule deer and whitetail. And so we have the option of hunting three different uh, deer species in this state. And on the west side, it's very brushy, a lot of rain. And then on the east side, it's more arid. Um, There's, you know, lone pines and kind of broken open um, desert land where the mule deer hang out. So we have kind of a wide variety of different terrain that deer, different types of deer like to hang out in. And then also on the east side, they have like lower creek bottoms and stuff for the whitetail. Whitetail aren't as widespread as mealies, but they are taking over in some areas. So yeah, it's, it's a great place to hunt. Not world renowned for record breakers, but you know, there's lots of opportunity here. But it is neat that you can basically stay in your same state and have a crack at three different species, you know, species of the deer. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you know, we can hunt elk over the counter. We can get two bear a year. We can trap. We can hunt cougar. So, you know, we can put in for special permits for mountain goat and moose and stuff and bighorn sheep. So there's a lot you can get here. Yeah, that's quite a bit as you go through. So what led to black bear? What, what got you hooked on hunting bear? My older brother, David, actually kind of got me into it. I was living in Redmond at the time, and Redmond is next to another community called North Bend, which is right on the base of the Cascade foothills. And my brother David really liked to hunt bear, and so he kind of brought me along on a couple of his hunts and kind of showed me what to look for and really just kind of introduced me to the whole idea of bear hunting. He ended up getting some bear, and we ended up, you know, taking them out, and it's just something that I I started to get an interest in. And, well, I guess backing up a little bit before that, he kind of showed me how to what to look for and how to hunt them and kind of where to look. But before that, I was deer hunting. I think I was about 28. And like a lot of deer hunters, I happened to stumble upon a bear during deer season, but I had a bear tag in my pocket. And that was the first bear I had seen in the wild. And I ended up shooting it. And it was a nice color phase cinnamon bear that over in eastern Washington. And it wasn't huge. It was only like a four-year-old bear, I think. It wasn't very big, but it had an absolutely gorgeous coat on it. And that really kicked my interest into bear hunting into high gear. It was just such a cool animal and very different. The season's really liberal as far as length goes. We can hunt from August 1st all the way till like November 15th, depending on where you're hunting at. Eastern Washington's a little bit different. I think they start in uh, mid-September, but it just gives you a whole nother reason to get out in the woods. So that that first bear really ignited that passion. Um, And it wasn't my biggest bear, but it's definitely probably one of my prettiest. I, I really love that bear. And it's and, and that's what started me writing the books too. So we can be thankful for that, for the experience that that bear gave me. I kind of passed it on to other people as well. Very cool. The color phase bears are just gorgeous, whether it be a chocolate or a blonde or cinnamon, you know, any of those, when you come across them is just great to see. Uh, I mean, as, so is a traditional standard, you know, what you think the black coat, but those other ones really show up just make a neat mount definitely and then you know that first bear i shot that was a an interesting lesson in uh, ground shrinkage because when i first saw the bear i thought man you know there's a bear it's huge and you know i'm gonna pull up and i shoot it so i shoot it across this little gully and then when i walk up to it it's like a you know kind of like a large labrador dog i mean it wasn't <laughs> it wasn't huge on any means so ground shrinkage is kind of a term that People new to bear hunting will get to learn bears are notoriously hard to judge in size and sex. So if if you are a first-time bear hunter and you shoot a bear and you think it's big and it ends up being small, don't take offense to it. It happens to the best of us. Well, do they take the state of Washington and break it into zones and there's once a certain number of bears are taken out of each zone, it's done? Is that how you have such a long season? 
No, there's there's no quota for black bear. So in the state, you can get two bear a year. On the western side of the Cascades, you can get two, or you can get one on the Cascades western side, or one on the eastern side, or but you can't get two on the eastern side. If that makes sense, you can get two on the west, or one on the west and one on the east, but you cannot get two on the east. Okay. So there's not as many on the east, basically, as there are on the west. And we have the highest uh, amount of black bear in the lower 48. So we have plenty of black bear running around. They're not endangered, nothing like that. Well, and you have a picture on your Facebook page that anybody can see from a few years ago. And you're in a, looks like probably an old clear-cut area that's starting to grow back. And you're holding the head of a black bear. And that's a big bear. Yeah, that, that's actually a sow. I shot that one on the, on the foothills of the Cascades outside of uh, North Bend, kind of. When I shot that one, if it's the one that I'm thinking of, that was about, oh, I don't know, 20 yards maybe from me. When I shot it and it ran off, it ran about 20. I hit it in the heart and it ran, it still ran, oh, 20 yards or something through that thick brush. It didn't have a heart left, but it still kept going, which was amazing. Yeah, straight adrenaline. Right. When I shot that one, another one stood up about, oh, 10 yards to my right, which I had no idea was there. And it was another full-grown bear, and it just kind of looked at me and then ran off. But I was like, holy cow, this place is popping with bear. It was nuts. Yeah, you're in some real thick stuff. Like I said, it looks like they probably went through and cut the trees down, and then it was maybe, you know, a few years before, and then it was starting to grow back. And it's a good-sized bear. Your hands are on each side of the head, and, and they're not touching. That was a good-sized sow, and that picture is really typical, atypical of western Washington. You know, people will say, oh, you don't know what thick is. Well, in western Washington, I got news for you, a lot of that area is that. I mean, it's hands and knees. It's a it's a blackberry jungle. It's just super thick. Bears will have tunnels through that stuff. And there's been times I've been on my hands and knees crawling through those tunnels, bear tunnels, kind of finding where they're going, or I'm tracking a bear or something like that. So it, it can get really thick on the west side of the hills over here. Yeah, it really looks like it. So you've gotten in there. Now, where have you across the United States hunted black bears? Has it mainly been Washington or have you hunted in many areas? It's it's Washington. I went up to Alaska on uh, the the cover of the Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting is a bear that I shot in Alaska. I was predator calling and called that one in, and I shot that bear about two seconds after that photo was taken. So really, I've, I, for bear, I've just hunted Washington and Alaska. But I think with bear strategies, they're kind of universal for whatever state you might be in, and we can talk about that. In my opinion, you know, if you if you find bear food, uh, you're gonna and areas that are kind of secluded without human interaction and bear sign, you're going to end up finding bear. Bear are not commanded. They're led by their stomach. They're constantly looking for calories. And so if you can find that food source for that time of year, regardless of where you're at um, in the nation, um, you're going to end up finding bear. Baiting is illegal in Washington? Correct. Baiting and running with hounds, running bears with hounds, is illegal in this state as of the mid-90s. Even something as simple as cover scent or scent that you would use, you know, like any sort of food spray, anything like that, that's considered baiting. And so that is illegal in this state. Oh, okay. So anything... In essence, you have to just stumble across a bear. Well, you have to stumble, or you have to spawn stock, or you got a predator call. Okay. The predator call will lead in, and, and that's really probably one of your biggest benefits as a, a rabbit call, a distressed deer, you know, a fawn, anything of that nature. Anything that will pique the interest of the bear. And what I tell people who are new to predator calling or something, they're like, oh, it doesn't sound good. Hey, man, you don't have to sound good. You just have to sound interesting enough to the predator for it to come in and check you out. You know, it's not like bugling for an elk 
you know, you want to sound almost perfect or, you know, have a lot of practice in it. In predator calling, you can use a raspy rabbit predator call and, and just pique that interest, make that animal come in and check out, hey, what's, what's making all this racket over here to allow yourself to give yourself a, a, a chance to get a shot at the animal. And, you know, that's the secret that I use for, because it's so brushy, because it's so thick, the areas that I hunt for bear lots of times are you know, way thick. And it, for me to, to walk through and, and be able to find a bear and be quiet and stuff in that area, that, that's very difficult. But for me to find an elevated area or a rocky outcropping and call down into those gullies or brushy clear cuts or hillsides and get that animal to come out into an open area for a shot. Now that's very plausible. And that's kind of how I hunt bear most of the time. And that's, that's worked in Washington. It's worked in Alaska. It works like a charm. I get emails all the time from people who have uh, read my book or read some of my articles and have said, hey man, you know, calling works a lot better than I was expecting. And I got this bear and they'll send me a picture. So just keep at it and uh, you'll see success, I think. Very cool. Yeah. Here, obviously, like many areas, bait is used. And I've seen bait used everything from anything that smells. Yeah. The bears can smell from so far away that anything that's got any type of odor to it, they'll come in to investigate. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Like just because I can't use bait and I can't use hounds, I'm not against those methods of use. I just can't legally use them in this state. And I think that's really important for, for bear hunters and hunters in general to just to support each other in their techniques of hunting. You know, if you want to be a, a bear baiter and it's legal, I think people who can't or people who don't choose to bait should still support those people because the anti-hunters and stuff like that, they're just trying to divide us and conquer basically, you know, split us up and get us arguing among each other, among Amongst each other, and then uh, you know it just makes their job all that much easier. So we really need to kind of support each other on whatever our methods of hunting may be, whether it be hounds, whether it's a muzzle loader, and you're an archery hunter and you don't think that's right, or vice versa. You know, just support each other in our chosen profession as as hunters. Exactly, and that's what I say to everybody: is you might not like to hunt bear, you might not like to go to Africa, you might not want to go shoot raccoons. It doesn't really matter what it is, but as long as that person's doing it legally, has a tag, and is being ethical about how they hunt and following all the laws, then I'll support them for shooting whatever animal it is that they want to shoot because the the biggest threat to hunting is not, as you said, is not the anti-hunter in my opinion. It's the hunter that tries to put their views on everybody else and to tear apart anything that they, for whatever reason, don't think is okay to do. Absolutely. And, you know, one other point I, I'd like to bring up is I listen to podcasts all the time. And a lot of times the podcast, the host and the guest, they will have this very same conversation and they'll agree with each other. And we should agree. But I would also encourage the, the host and the guests and the listeners to go out and in real world situations, maybe on Facebook or Instagram or other social media platforms, or even just in real life where people are persecuting a hunter for doing something to speak up and be proactive and polite and articulate and showcase their point of view as to why this is okay, as to the benefits of hunting, as to, you know, the, the wildlife management and all the good things that come from that. So we don't just sit here and agree in our own little realm, in our own little hunter circle. Go out and try to influence those who are open to influence. You know, a lot of anti-hunters, you're never going to convince them that hunting is right. But there's a lot of people who are not against hunting for the sake of food, you know, if you want to supply your family with organic meat and stuff like that. But if you if you come off brash and you're like, oh, you know what, screw you guys, you anti-hunters, blah, blah, blah. If 
if you come out and you are articulate and polite, that might be more beneficial to the hunting community and to that person who is on the fence about it. They might read that and think, oh, you know, this guy is not a jerk. He does have valid points. And I like organic meat too. So maybe there's something to this hunting thing. So I just really encourage listeners to be proactive and, and speak up politely. I agree 100%. And if you see a hunter being attacked, you know, on a social media platform, I always tell folks, jump in and give a positive comment, but don't lower yourself to what anybody else is doing for the negativity. Just leave a positive comment. Nice trophy, great job. But right. because whether we like it or not, by any anti-hunters and, and many, and even TV stations, the hunter's image is portrayed as some guy swilling beer while he's driving down the road shooting out his window. Are there people like that? Yes. But they're not what we consider, or at least what I consider a hunter. They're what I consider a, a nuisance. I would completely agree. The real hunter is a very, I, I've not met a person that is a, what I consider a real hunter that is not positive, supportive, and willing to, in many cases, help or at least discuss with you something that they might know about whatever the particular topic is to help make your next trip better. And, you know, there's, there's been lots of times on social media or even just when I'm out hiking where, so for example, if I'm out hiking and another hiker's coming down the way and they are obviously not a hunter, I'll step off to the side and sometimes I'll start up a conversation with them or they'll ask me what I'm doing and I'll be like, oh, I'm bear hunting. And they're like, really? I had no idea. A bear lived out here. Or maybe I'll take the time and I'll show them a bear that I'm watching across the canyon. There's been times where I've had bear sausage in my backpack like summer sausage and I've shared it with them. So like game meat diplomacy, I think I've heard that term used and little things like that can help change hikers' perceptions of, of hunters. And, you know, just the other day, a local TV station, they announced on Facebook, hey, now's the time to put in for spring bear permits. The Department of Fish and Wildlife for Washington, you know, announced this. And to me, it kind of seemed like they were just trying to stir the pot. And it kind of worked because a lot of Seattleites are very cuddly with bears and they were all upset people could hunt these bears. But I went on there and kind of explained, hey, look, you know, bear aren't endangered. You have to take the meat. It's against the law to shoot a bear and waste it. And a lot of people didn't realize that. They didn't realize realized it was against the law to leave meat, that you have to take it. They didn't realize you couldn't bait or you couldn't run them with hounds, that type of thing. So there's just a lot of misconceptions out there in the non-hunting, anti-hunting community that we can change uh, if we just take the time to, to do it articulately. Right. I know there's many that don't realize you even eat bear meat. The larger predators, the bears and the, and the mountain lions, which are edible, those tend to stir up a much more condemnation than say a, a, a walleye or a perch people get a lot of, very upset about the the bears even though in many areas there's an overpopulation or overabundance of them they're becoming very common in some areas so they're obviously breeding multiplying and and surviving winters and they're thriving and they're cute and cuddly as well. And, you know, that was one of the points I brought up on that Facebook post was, hey, dad bear and a cub, it's a mom and the cubs. And if a dad bear shows up, he's going to try to kill and eat those cubs. And a lot of people were surprised at that. They didn't realize that the male bear are out there to kill and eat those cubs. And then they rebreed the sow once she comes back in to eat. They just kind of think they're little family units. I think a sow will even eat her own cub once it's dead. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're cannibalistic. I'm sure they'll eat just about anything that's not asphalt. So, <laughs> yes, people want to see these teddy bears that what they had on their bed as a kid but i'm you know i tell folks don't try to go and hug a bear in the wild don't go near them because you know you're no longer the top of the food chain in some instances if they think that that you're an easy meal for them they'll try to take advantage of that now 
That doesn't mean the bear is bad. That doesn't mean the bear is vicious. That's just the bear's nature to do what it tries to do to put on as many calories as it can in a short amount of time. Right. I mean, the bear, so for example, if, if you're hurt or something like that, the bear's not hunting you out of, out of malice or hatred. That's just doing what, what a bear does. It's just hunting to eat. And in my opinion, that, that is what humans do. I don't hunt bear because I hate them or there's a maliciousness or I want to make them suffer. Nothing like that. Nothing could be further from the truth. I have the highest regard to black bear or to deer or elk, whatever I'm hunting. Um, but I'm just doing what I was designed to do by God, by nature. I am, I am designed to be a hunter. And, and for the, you know, for the last millennia, that's what we've been doing only until the last hundred years, 60 years or so, our, our people, not wanting to hunt um so i don't know to me to me hunting is as natural as it gets and that's what we should be doing yeah this this anti-hunting movement is really it's really just a blink of the eye in overall human evolution uh we've been hunters far longer than anybody has ever contemplated not being a hunter um <laughs> if you didn't hunt in many cases you didn't eat so absolutely yeah, a lot of these people, I think, would starve to death uh, 150 years ago. They'd be out of luck. So Yeah, exactly. Well, so as you've authored the books on bear hunting and you've gotten acclimated, you also are into predator hunting, and that's led to a development for you to produce your own uh, game call. Right, so... Early on in life, well, not early on, in my, in my 20s, I was actually in the video game industry. I was involved in uh, testing. I started out as a tester at Nintendo, and then I, um, I worked my way up as a producer in a Japanese publishing company um, for video games. And I ended up kind of traveling the world and, and looking for a new product, new games, this and that. And um, through that, I made a lot of contacts in the video game world, developers, programmers, that type of thing. And um, I retained a friend in that industry, and he is the gentleman who actually programmed uh, the app, which is uh, available on Android and uh, iOS, um, Apple phones. Um, and basically what it is, is it's recordings of me predator calling, the same type of sets that I use to call in bear, coyote, or bobcat. And uh, it allows you, there's 14 sets currently, it allows you to loop those sets. Um, it has Bluetooth enabled, meaning if you have a Bluetooth speaker, um, like I have a cheap, not a cheap, but I have a Ryobi speaker that I use for work uh, around construction sites. And with that app, uh, I can just push those sounds to that speaker and then push it out uh, into the wild and see what I call in. And so it allows you to get into the e-calling business, uh, business end of hunting, uh, for the, about the price of a cup of coffee, the, the app is just under five bucks. Um, and I think it's well worth the price compared to, you know, spending two, three, four, five hundred dollars on a, on a massive, um, electronic caller. If, you know, if you don't want to spend that type of money, this is a good, uh, not substitute, but a good, uh, different option. Well, and I thought that was brilliant well, when I you mentioned, uh, and I thought that was brilliant when you mentioned that you were using your, a Ryobi speaker because if anybody's familiar with those, you pick them up at Lowe's or Home Depot or any type of hardware store, and they're already designed to be knocked around on a construction site. They're generally weather resistant, so 
they're they're exactly what you would ask for in a predator call or you know anything you're going to be using outside the only thing they wouldn't do is have some type of built-in process to spin a um you know like a white little flag or something like that to draw attention to it but the, that's just an extra piece the sound is really what's drawing in the predators absolutely and but for, for now for cats if you're predator calling with cats um you know motions in, in my opinion is, is key and so to to offset that because i don't have like a mojo critter or something spinning on that deal what i'll do is i'll take a couple feathers and i'll just tie them together with some fishing string fishing line and then i'll tie that onto a tree above the sound and the wind just kind of catches that and causes that motion lots of times that's enough motion to get uh, a coyote or a bobcat to commit to come in um and you know a lot of the sounds that i was looking at of, of other electronic callers uh apps that are available for iphones and stuff they were just very small little sound bites these are actually like 30 second up to uh two almost three minutes with me predator calling so there's a lot of different sound variation going on so it's not just kind of a continuous loop of a short sound set and to me that's important if i can hear if i can hear a sound set looping and i can hear the same thing over and over i think an animal can figure that out too yeah they understand they understand what that back and forth is if it's just a, a loop i mean you know, they might not have huge cognitive reasoning, but they have they can certainly figure out what's going on. Definitely. So you do a lot of coyote and bobcat hunting? I do as much as I can. So I have a, I have a family. I got a mortgage. I own my own business. Um, but I, I like to get out as much as possible. Western Washington is, is difficult uh, to predator call in, at least for bobcat and coyote. We have a lot of them, but they're just hard to see. I mean, they're they're small. They're healthy. There's a lot of brush. The biggest the biggest problem is finding areas to call them that you can call one in and have actually have a shot at it. Eastern Washington is a little bit different. You got nice wide open areas. That's your typical what you would think of as coyote calling territory. It's you know a lot of wheat fields or cow pastures that type of stuff. Um, over here is great too. It's just the hard part is just being able to find them um, once you call them in. So lots of times I want to I want to get up on a big stump pile or over old tree that's cut down and then i'll call down a gully into a tree line and with the hopes of the coyote or the bobcat will come out of the brush or the cover of the tree line and kind of work that edge they like those edges so that's kind of how i do it around here okay interesting so yeah anybody that's listening i'll have a link to the ultimate predator calls webpage in the show notes but it was very easy to also find on my ios on on the app store for uh apple I just simply typed in ultimate predator calls and it came right up. So uh, I haven't had a whole yeah, lot of chance okay. to play with it. I, I was plucking a few sounds around just to listen to them. And, and I liked it. I, again, I haven't had a chance to actually use it out in the field, but I want to try and hook it up to my convergent caller and push the sounds through that way. Yeah. And I appreciate the support um, from you or from anybody else. And if you happen to download it, just leave a review of, of you know, if it, especially if it's positive, leave a review and let me know how you like it. Um, or if you have any issues with it, anything like that. Um, yeah. Just want to say thanks for the support on that. Yeah. It's really got quite a, quite a cover of items, you know, that you can use. And I'd like to spend some time kind of, so the listeners can get an idea. There's some neat 
functions built in. There's a video on YouTube that's pretty new, just from about a week or so ago as of this recording. And there was something I told you earlier off air is one of the modes on this is if you're sitting there and it's dusk and you don't want to mess around with the settings on your phone to to dim your phone, you can actually click dark mode on on this app and it will dim the screen so that you're not lit up like a, a light out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that, that's a great point. Um, and, you know, that's important. Light carries a long ways, especially when it's dark. Um, and so I'll do that. I'll, I'll put it on dark mode or I'll just close out my phone so it's completely dark and I'll put it on loop if I want. Or if I have to change something, I'll, I'll kind of cover it up and have it in my coat or something so it's not going to shine out. So there is, a, there is a dark mode. There's a looping button that allows the, the set to just continuously play. Um, you can control the volume either with a slider on your phone or via your phone volume up and down. You can change the backgrounds, um, that type of stuff. And, and we're going to continue, continually add, um, hopefully, new things to it, maybe new sounds uh, as we continue to update uh, the apps. So we'll see what goes what goes down the road as far as uh, more sounds and whatnot. Yeah, there's a couple of rabbit sounds I want to try in there for, for coyotes. And, and I, I like to use those because those are really a good determining item. Coyotes tend to respond fairly positive to those. Yeah, and... You know, a good example, uh, talking about predator calling is, say you live, oh, you live back east or something and you don't have, or say you live in Montana and you have jackrabbits and you don't have cottontails. And you think, well, you know, the coyote's not going to come into a cottontail because we don't have any around here. Well, when I was predator calling up in Alaska, I used a cottontail, or excuse me, a jackrabbit sound um, to call in bear. And there's, you know, there's not a jackrabbit within 1,500 miles from where I was, but the bear just come running down the hills at it. And the point I'm trying to make here is is that the sound doesn't necessarily have to be a local sound that they can identify with. It just has to be interesting to pique their interest enough for you to get a shot off. Um, There's no jackrabbit around there, but the bears still came in. And originally I had started the set with cottontails and I actually had a bear, had a bear come out, sit down, and that's all he did. Cottontail was playing and he didn't want to come out. And then I switched to jackrabbit and that thing just come on a run. So sometimes you need to switch things up a little bit um, and just try different sounds for different areas. Yeah. It's just got to, as you said, it's just got to pique their interest. And right. I think once they develop that thought process of there's a animal in distress, they kind of stop thinking about, oh, that's not an animal I recognize. They just know that there's something in distress. Definitely. Well, we've got the Predator Call app and, and the book. Um, is there any type of, um, like, are you looking at doing any type of black bear hunting in other parts of the country just to kind of expand? Or are, are you really liking... I mean, obviously, what's not to like about Washington and the, the variations you have, but are you looking to kind of expand on that or, you know, what what's next? I would love to hunt um, Vancouver Island. They're kind of notorious for large black bear, and they're not that far from me. I can actually take a ferry ride um, from pretty much right where I live up to Vancouver and hunt up there, but that would require probably getting an outfitter and all this other stuff. I have a hard time spending, you know, 2500 to four grand to hunt a black bear somewhere else when I can hunt it in my backyard pretty much. Um, but I would love to hunt Vancouver. I'd like to hunt Idaho. I definitely want to go back to Alaska as often as possible. Alaska is amazing on all levels. Um, I've never hunted over bait, although I've written about it in the book, The Ultimate Guide to Black Bear Hunting. I do discuss baiting, and most of my knowledge from that have been from experienced baiters who I interviewed. Um, and I admit that in the book, like I'm, I'm not a bear baiter. I never have done it, but there's a lot of uh, knowledge that I gleaned from other people that I put on paper for you to um, digest yourself. Um, 
So as far as bears go, I would say Alaska and Idaho, Vancouver are, are my three lists for black bear. Um, grizzly bear, brown bear is definitely on my bucket list, but that's the matter of getting enough money to, to pay for a guide or to move up to Alaska and become a resident and then do it myself. So we'll, we'll see what the future holds with that. Trying to convince the wife to move up there, that's another. That's a whole other podcast story <laughs> to go along with. Well, and I think a number of people do do that as they move around state to state. Uh, establish residency, hunt the animal or two in that area if their work if they have the type of work that allows it and and cover maybe eight ten states as a resident. Uh, I don't think that's that uncommon. No, I and I agree with that. And uh, you know that is an option. But uh, currently, I have a I've got a guy in high school, a teenager in high school, and you know I'm not going to uproot him in the middle of that. But we'll we'll see what happens after high school if if I can't bounce around and and try different states and stuff like that. When there's a a wife and kids and even more just kids involved, it's a whole different ball game. So any plans on getting up to try to do like a, cause I know you do calling with it for moose, anything of that nature. As far as calling goes. Well, as far as trying you know, is moose on your list of animals you want to hunt? Uh, I actually hunted moose uh, last year up in Alaska and I was able to get one. Oh, fantastic. Um, and so moose you can do unguided um, in Alaska. That's not one of the animals that you have to be guided with. Uh, and the meat is fantastic. I have absolutely zero regrets about going up to Alaska to get a moose. It's fantastic meat and something very doable for those who want to go up there and give it a shot. So you have to be guided for like mountain goat, grizzly, bighorn sheep, uh, that type of stuff. But uh, uh, muskox, I think maybe too, but uh, moose, caribou, that's doable. Okay. Yeah, I've heard folks will go up and there's a the the pipeline road, the name of it escapes me, but they they'll drive that to hunt caribou in Alaska off the roads, not shooting from the roads, but you know, they'll stop, hike a mile, you know, off the side of the road and if they hit it at the right times during migration, there's quite a bit of caribou that they can stumble upon. Yeah, definitely. It's interesting here in Michigan, uh, bear were very, you know, bear were present in the lower part of the state, but had really their numbers have been knocked down. But now they're they're very very common, and you have to put in for a drawing here, and then you they have it zoned out in Michigan. And, but once you get um, drawn, you can bait. I believe you can use dogs. Uh, there, there's a number of different options that are available to you. Uh, I I've hunted them before in Ontario which is a, a different ball game canada is a completely different ball game with with bears uh, just because there's so many of them and mm-hmm. so i i look forward i didn't get a bear that time i missed and i'm looking forward to going back and trying it again someday me being considered handicapped by mobility impaired so for me hunting over a bait is fan you know i have no problem with that at all because i'm not going to be able unfortunately to get out and walk and glass through mountains which would be a a fantastic way to do it and i anybody that can i'm i'm jealous it's just not something i'm able to physically do anymore so you know i have to bring them to me versus going and finding them and you know baiting is a good way to do that like you had mentioned and so is predator calling um so you know don't don't count that out as far as i don't know quite what your limitations are but you know lots of times if i'm predator calling i'll drive a logging road park and then i'll walk up that road you know x amount of miles or a quarter mile or something like that and then i'll 
just kick off to the side and, and start protocoling in an area that looks good um, and bring the animal to me. And so that's that's a key point I think I, I would like to bring up as far as uh, for people who have limited mobility, whether it be a, a handicapable situation or somebody who is older, I think that's a great way to hunt bear, predator call and, and bait. And, and, you know, going back to your previous question, I would love to go up to Canada and, and hunt black bear, or I would like to sit on top of a bait pile and, and check that out with some outfitter or something. That's just an experience I've never done, and I would love to do that. Um, hopefully down the road it will happen, but it just has happened yet i've spoken with one outfitter that i watched a video that had been recorded at their particular camp and they only did afternoon hunts well there they had so many bears in this particular area of manitoba that when they would drive the boat into where the bear baits were there was many times they had to actually shoo the bears away so the hunter could get up in their stand and then the and then the bears would come right back in that's a hard day hunting right there oh yeah so talk about as the hunter, you really get to spend some time and just as important as taking the bear and having that, that experience of harvesting a bear is I think it was watching the bears, learning about them. And so if you've got several at a bait, you're going to get a pretty good opportunity to watch how they interact with each other. And in many cases, how they aren't real happy about having each other around. Yeah. You can watch their behavior. You know, you can watch the younger ones be real skittish and watch over their shoulders looking for a bigger one that's coming in to beat them up. You can make sure that you're not shooting us out with cubs. There's a lot of, of benefit to baiting that kind of brings us back to our one of our initial conversations about supporting each other and uh, different styles of hunting. Uh, baiting definitely has a lot of positives to it um, that need to be showcased by people who know about it to those who don't. Um, and I, I think it'd be a great experience. You know, one of my favorite joys in life is sitting down and, and watching a bear from any sort of distance or a sow with cubs they're just neat animals to to watch I, I always say bear and mountain goat are my two favorite animals to watch i'm lucky enough to live in an area where within an hour's drive i can go watch both if i want to um so yeah they're just incredible creatures and i have a lot of respect for them yeah i was lucky enough when i was younger to spend a summer working in glacier national park and Nice. had absolutely zero experience with bears and in that summer i saw more bears than I, I could even count and it was very cool at one point i was hiking a particular area and we were safe but down in this this basically valley we were hiking along the side of a mountain and down in this valley we looked down and there was a sow with two a grizzly sow with two cubs well she kept standing up on her hind legs and looking off to the west so of course i took my binoculars and started looking off to the west and there was a creek and all of a sudden out of some brush on the side of the creek came a much bigger bear that was noticeably bigger so i i had to assume that it was a boar and you know they were maybe 200 yards apart and as soon as that boar started moving along the stream and he stood up a couple times to look over he, he knew they were there but as soon as he did that man those cubs hightailed it off and that mother stood there and stood on her ground till the cubs were quite a ways away and then she slowly followed after them and i was like that's really interesting she's she's holding back that if that boar came at her she's gonna fight him to make sure those cubs survive yeah you don't you know they don't uh use that saying you know like a mama bear for nothing those things can get mean right quick and nasty real fast and they're there to protect those cubs from that mean old boar and yeah it was interesting and then there was another time i was walking along the edge of this 
big lake we were fishing and I'm walking along and I forgot I forgot something in the truck. So I ran back, grabbed it, was walking back down. Maybe 10 yards in front of me, I hear a sound. And I look up and I'm like, why did somebody have their dog walking loose down here? Then I looked again, I'm like, hell, that's not a dog, that's a bear. And the bear looked at me and I looked at the bear and we were both just as afraid of each other. And we both took off in opposite directions. And uh, I ended up talking to a park ranger later on. He said, yeah, that's a freshly kicked away baby from its mother. And he goes, we're going to have to move it because it's taken up residency right by a campground. And it's and it was small. It was 100 pounds, maybe 125 pounds. You know, it, it was not a big bear at all, but it was it was had a healthy fear of people. But to walk into it on the trail in waist high brush was a surprise for both of us. Yeah. Well, and, you know, who's to say you're not a, a seven-year-old kid going down to the creek to go fishing and that bear doesn't run off. Exactly. You know, he just sees a, an easy meal. So, I mean, it might be 100, 150 pounds, but 100, 150 pounds of, uh, of predator can do a lot of damage to something that it wants to, even if it is kind of small. Oh, yeah. I was, you know, weight-wise, I outweighed him. But, uh, you know, strength-wise, if he would have wanted, he could have done a lot of damage to me. But it was, you know, like I said, it was still so young that it just, it turned and, and hightailed out of there as I went the other way. So, neat animal. Uh, they had the opportunity to see the bears all over the place, the elk, the mule deer, the bighorn sheep, mountain goats. Uh, that was my first experience to Western wildlife. And it was it was an amazing experience, and I have not had the opportunity to hunt up in anywhere in the northern part of the U.S., uh, but I look forward to it one day, whether it be just something as simple as a mule deer or a black-tailed deer or, or anything like that, just the ability to get out and see some of that country. Uh, it, it's just absolutely gorgeous for anybody that's never been there. Well, if you ever make it up to Washington, let me know. I'll take you out predator calling, and we'll figure something out for you. We'll look for a bear. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be pretty cool. Well, so at this point, anybody that wants to order either of your books, they're both available in ebook form, both from Amazon, I believe. You can find them on Amazon. The first book, No Bait, Just Bears, you can buy that in print or on ebook from Lulu, which is lulu.com. But I always tell people, okay, so the first book that I wrote, No Bait, Just Bears, that deals with hunting bears without the use of hounds or bait. And then, so what I did was when I first did that book, I sent it out to some publishers and I had a publisher come back to me and say, hey, look, we like the book, but we can't print it, obviously. But would you add a bunch of stuff to it and rewrite this and that? And then we can release that book. And so that is the ultimate guide to black bear hunting. So I, I tell people, hey, look, even though I make money on No Bait, Just Bears, hold off from buying that one. If you're interested in a bear book, by the ultimate guide to black bear hunting because that basically encompasses all of the first book and then more it's twice the text twice at least twice the amount of photos so it's just a better value for people currently that one's sold out it's being it's in reprint right now but it should be available again on amazon or at uh, your local cabela's they carry it as well Okay. Well, I'll have links to that in the show notes so people can click on them as a flow through to Amazon to check when it's in stock. For anybody listening, you can also go to ultimatepredatorcalls.com and I'll have a link to that. And that's going to take you right into Doug's website where he's got the predator call and talks about it and uses and the whole app in general. And whether you have an iPhone or a, an Android phone, it's available on both platforms and can also touch base with you via, you're on Facebook, you've got a set on Instagram, and are you on Twitter or anything of that nature? 
I have an account on Twitter. I've actually, uh, I rarely use it, but so the best way to get a hold of me is on uh, Instagram or Facebook. And I actually have a, an email account. It's just bows and bears, my last name and bears at hotmail.com. If anybody has any feedback or any questions about bear hunting, feel free to hit me up. I'm happy to discuss it with you. But I always tell people, hey, no matter how many books you read, this or that, just get out there. You're going to learn a lot more just going out and looking for bear on your own. You're just going to learn a lot more. So, you know, read the books, glean what you can off the internet, but go out there and have fun. Get the exercise, bring your kids, pass it along to them because we need those younger hunters. We definitely need to recruit younger hunters, younger fishermen and women um, and just and retain this lifestyle that we all so much enjoy and cherish. In northern Michigan, and it's probably similar in many other states, there's what are called power line cuts, where they'll run through the big national forests where they run the power lines. And there's always a road at the base. And I'm thinking, I might go out there this summer. Obviously, I can't hunt the bears. They're going to be curious. They're going to be hungry, and they're going to be looking for food. I might set up with the predator call just on the side of the road and just let it run and see what comes out of the woods. Power line cuts are a gold mine for bear. Pipeline cuts the same way. So what happens with that is, you know, they they have a strip basically through timber that they maintain and they maintain it kind of short, short meaning the brush will probably be up to, you know, your chest or maybe your waist, maybe shorter depending on where it's at. But around here, they keep the trees away, but they let the briars and stuff grow. And that provides food and it provides cover and edge areas. And bear just seemed to love that stuff. I went predator calling once in a power line cut, and I didn't predator call more than three minutes. And there was a bear like 40 yards away from me and basically stood up as soon as I started to predator call and started walking toward me. So if you have those areas and if they're legal to hunt in in your area, I would definitely recommend power line cut, pipeline cuts, any of that stuff, any edgings where there's cover on either side and then food in the middle. I was sitting there thinking, I can pull out there and and really just even put the call on the hood of my car. Yeah. Uh, Again, I'm not going to be hunting. I just want to play around with it a little bit. And I have one of the radios, kind of like your Ryobi. I could just put that out the sunroof of my Jeep and have a little fun that way. Definitely. And, you know, like you say, you want to just try it out. You won't be hunting in this state our spring bear tag. So spring bear is a special draw. It's like a lottery and I've put in for it. The draw hasn't happened yet. Hopefully it'll happen, you know, within a week, but if I don't get drawn, I'm still going to go out there and and run around with my camera and my phone and and get after bear and just watch them and, and find their sign and watch them peel trees and stuff like that. So just, you know, get out and enjoy nature has to give you. Yeah. I was just, don't even need to take a speaker. I could just plug my phone into my car and put the windows down. Yeah, you could, you could probably do that too. I'll have a four-wheel drive game call. I'm really looking forward to getting out there and seeing what this, uh, what I can call in with this app. Now that I'm looking at the rabbit options and the fox and driving down those power lines, I could run across all sorts of stuff. So I'll definitely let you know how that works out. I'll have my camera with me. Uh, for anybody listening, again, you just go to Ultimate Predator Calls on Instagram, and you'll also find the Instagram page for the app. So, Doug, I, I really appreciate your time. Yeah, no worries. It, it was great talking with you, and feel free to hit me up anytime. Any listeners out there, likewise. I'm an average guy just like you. If you have any questions, I'm I'm happy to discuss if I have the time. It might take me a little bit to get back to them, but I, I try to always do so. So thanks again. Happy hunting. Remember, stay positive and represent our sport ethically and lawfully and politely. Exactly. I can't tell you how much I appreciate this. You have a wonderful, I guess it's afternoon out there, and enjoy it. And I wish you a good season and good luck on the draw. Thank you, sir. You too. Uh, have a good good rest of your evening and, and good luck this season as well. Thank you. You take care. You too. 
spring it's getting green Fisher on the bed And hear those turkeys gobble It's ringing in my head The winter rides bass boat Here comes another year Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Oh, we command the outdoors Yeah, we command the outdoors Come summertime, we're feeling fine Fishing on the lake Flipping jigs in Carolina rigs From early morning till real late Bonfires on creek bank Kick back a couple beers yeah, we command the outdoors around here. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Yeah, we command the outdoors. Next year's does until you know winter's on the way. Brushing blinds and deer stands The fever starts to creep Fill our freezers full of ducks Lots of tender deer Yeah, we command the outdoors around here Yeah, we command the outdoors Yeah, we So grab your guns and shells, boys Put on your camouflage Cause we command the outdoors 